Circle with Paki and Chris, and today joining the circle with us, we're excited to sit down with author and owner of Cosmetology Institute of Las Vegas. Uh, she has actually a new book out now called uh, Poverty Costs More Than You Think. We have uh, Miss Denise Dixon. So welcome to the circle. Welcome, Denise. Thank welcome. you. Thank you for having me. First, we got to get a shout out to a friend of the circle. We got Miss Lindsay Feldman from Brand Bomb Marketing yes. for connecting us. First off, just want to kind of start off with you actually are a licensed cosmetologist, from my understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. How long have you actually been a cosmetologist? Actually, it's a funny story. Yeah. So I've done hair all my life. Okay. I was what you call a kitchen tissue. <laughs> okay. Kitchen tissue? Yeah. So I, you know, got to pay the rent. So Come from my house. Or... Got you. Got you. <laughs> it, would make, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 So I did go to cosmetology school um, back in 2008, but single mom of two kids, I had to make a decision to do school full time or work full time. So I didn't finish. Um, I actually didn't even get my license completed until I opened up my school. So. Wow. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Actually, so you weren't even legit. You get opened up the school and you actually had to get certified. Well, you don't have to have a cosmetology license to open the school as long as you have licensed educators. Got so it. I didn't okay. have to do any teaching or anything. I was really just a business owner. So I had licensed educators. And then once we opened up, got settled, I actually entered into the program and finished my hours to get my license. Smart. Yeah. Was that always yeah. kind of part of the plan to initially just jump right into the education portion of it? Or did you plan on opening a cosmetology school? Or did you practice on practicing uh, cosmetology? You know, no, it, it was so weird. I always knew that this was something I wanted to do as far as the school. And I had a plan to do it. It's just like sometimes that plan gets detoured. Mm -hmm. So I was initially going to go back to school and finish my license before opening up. But when the opportunity came for me to actually open the school, it just kind of like pushed that down, you know, the line a little bit because I came up on a space. It was like turnkey. Mm. And I was like, let me just go for it. Hey, that's a good yeah. one. Have, have it happen. <laughs> you guys actually opened up about seven years ago, right? So yeah. in 2015? Mm -hmm. yeah. what, what I thought was very interesting is this it's the only black owned accredited basically school in the state of Nevada? Is not the only. Oh, it's yeah. not the only. Okay, mm -mm. got it. I misread um, it. The first one was Expertise Cosmetology School. Okay. Um, they've been around for over 20 years. So okay. I was the yeah. second. Okay, the second I was the one. second. Okay. So it's only two of us as far as cosmetology schools, but of course we have a couple of black-owned barber schools too. Okay, mm -hmm. excellent. Yeah. And with that, you know, you kind of – you said it kind of the opportunity presented itself, you know, with that opportunity does come challenges. I'm, I'm not sure if you had any experience with building a business prior to that, but I'm sure there's a lot of like roadblocks or learning curves that you had to go through. What were yeah. kind of some of the biggest roadblocks or learning curves that you dealt with kind of getting the kicked off initially? Well, you know, it wasn't something that I was necessarily prepared for because I had a business going um, before I started the school mm -hmm. and that business was literally like an overnight success. Like, oh, literally, yeah. <laughs> I made my first million the first year oh, of wow. business. Oh, wow. And yeah. um, so when I got into the cosmetology school, I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was being a previous business owner mm -hmm. because it came with way more overhead. Um, you know, I had to have W-2 employees. I had to have a certain amount of space, which ended up being you know, pretty costly for me. And going through the national accreditation process was a, oh, that's a business. Oh yeah, I can imagine. So yeah. it was like I was running a business within a business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so really, it was yeah. a lot. And building it from the ground up um, with no financial backing made it that much harder. When did you actually get your first business? Like, was it years ago or how did it actually work before getting to school? 
So it sure. started, my journey started in philanthropy. So I started okay. in 2009. Um, I had a, a mentoring program for youth. Okay. So it was Sister to Sister Connection. We mentored girl, girls ages um, 8 to 17. We did a, a tuition-free summer program every year. Oh, wow. And then in about 2013, I opened up a mentoring and supportive services program for boys and girls. So it was like an after-school program for kids. Excellent. Uh, we did therapy, um, all type of behavioral health services, um, tutoring. We did the summer program, the whole nine. And uh, we did that from 2013 till about 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you had your hands full of this. So being yeah. able to do that and then actually get into the actual school is, is a whole different setup. But yeah. being able to learn that, I mean, probably being able to keep all the business together and how to keep your books right and your legal. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely it, a lot. It yeah. was a lot. Trying that's, to do two <laughs> at unreal. the same time. That's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. no joke. Is your school an actual franchise or is, is it private? Or private. It, okay. Built from the ground up. Is the goal for it to be a franchise that you can actually sell them and kind of move them around the state or maybe out of state? Or That is yeah. a thought. I did start the process to like position myself, create systems and things like that so that if I wanted to do that okay. down the line, I could. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not anything that I'm looking to do right now because we're actually looking to transition from a cosmetology school to a career institute. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to offer more trade programs other than beauty trades. Yeah, because it kind of leads me to the question, you know, with cosmetology, like you mentioned, you were a kitchen cosmetologist, essentially. <laughs> and it's like, that's kind of what branched off that. And most people that get in that industry have a passion for it. Yeah. And a lot of them like the idea of being self-employed and, mm-hmm. and going that avenue. And do you think this is kind of just another opportunity for them to branch off and have you noticed having the W-2 employees that a lot of people try to do that, just leave and jump and do their own business? Because most of them want to be self-employed, I would assume. Yeah, I, I've been blessed to have a great team. So I don't see that they really have that desire. But especially since the pandemic, a lot of people are really starting to realize that there's no job that's actually mm-hmm. secure. So they want to have that backup plan um, and just have that level of security that, you know, whatever whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So there's really no ceiling cap when it comes to our industry, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so we have estheticians who make as much as doctors. Yeah, you know, I would bet. I'm glad you talked about that with the pandemic and everything. You're, a lot of people are pivoting and they're learning different things and they're having all these side hustles and cosmetology and the whole nine is such a huge business. And you have to have the people skills, too. Yeah. You know, um, when people are sitting in your chair, like what, what do you think is like one of the most memorable things that's kind of like impacted you? what you've learned maybe from a client um, over the years? Um, The one thing for me is you just never know what a person is going through when they come and sit in your chair. So really having that personable um, experience with them and and just kind of giving them that experience. I can remember once a lady came into my chair and I could kind of feel her energy. Yeah. And so when I took her over to the shampoo bowl, I gave her like a really nice scalp massage and just really like took my time with her shampoo. And when we got back to the chair to blow dry her hair, she literally like started crying. Yeah. And she told me, she was like, you don't know how I was feeling when I came in here, but you just really calmed me down and made me feel so much better. Just with the shampoo. I I grew up, you know, it's, it's like you, you see, especially black barbershops, it's like, that's like your doctor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like literally the whole conversations, you get mentorship, you get yeah. so much from it. So I'm, I'm so happy to see that in Vegas that mm-hmm. you actually have an actual school that you'll be able to do whatever you want to do. And it's like you kind of got a blank canvas yeah. you know, to be able to do that. So you have the whole setup. So you can actually have barbers there, cosmetologists. What, what other kind of services 
um, can you actually learn and get? Well, in like, the state of Nevada, mm-hmm. cosmetology and barbering is two separate things. Okay, that's what so I'm saying. So if they're okay. in our school, they do get barbering in their program. But okay. the one thing that separates them from being a licensed barber is that um, as a cosmetologist, you can't use a razor. So they're learning just about everything a barber learns, um, the clipper cuts and things like that. Sure. But they can't use a straight razor. So that's that's the separation between the two. And as you're kind of like, you know, building this program, essentially, is it was it something that you had to kind of develop from scratch for this institute or when you have a cosmetology cosmetology program, is it already like a pre-designed template of what you need to follow and you just design the educational courses like how is that kind of whole process um we really kind of have a custom curriculum we do have a basics uh we use my lady books Mm -hmm. um that basically gives them what they need to pass state board so we kind of custom tailored ours um to make sure that they're staying up on the, the um current trends in the industry sure yeah. so we're we're we've always been just teaching beyond what what's required for state board so mm-hmm. state board is primarily going to teach you a basic haircut color sanitation that type of things yeah. um we do an annual wig a because we want to teach them that too that's you know very trendy now with people wearing wigs and things yeah. like that so they're actually learning how to make um human hair wigs that we donate to American Cancer Society. Oh, that's awesome. Um, they're learning like the latest uh, techniques in hair color. We use um, all professional products. Um, so instead of using Wella, we're using Joycos because we feel if you can learn from a professional line, it just makes you that more advanced once you get into the industry. Yeah. And, and <laughs> with that kind of development, you know, we touched base on it with you and Pocky talking about how somebody coming in and make them cry. Do you have that personal aspect of the school where it's, I think it's under a lot of these franchise models that you're seeing with other cosmetology schools, haircuts, salons, those type of things. I feel like that gets lost in a lot of those situations, but it is an extremely important part. You are providing beauty as a service and and that really makes an impact on people. Like do you have that as part of your curriculum. Absolutely. So part of our motto is we're developing professionals um, within the beauty industry and we're, we're, we set the bar when it comes to professionalism, um, and we also set the bar when it comes to uh, community service. Mm. So those two things, professionalism and community service, I think goes hand in hand, and it helps you really just create that experience for your customers. Mm-hmm. And it always ends up being such a humbling experience for the students when we're exposing exposing them to certain things as far as the services that we do for kids in foster care, the breast cancer event, mm-hmm. uh, working with senior citizens. Those things are like really helping them develop how they want to be in the industry because if you um, kind of exclude that component, a lot of the times you just get lost in that day-to-day exactly, shuffle yeah. and yeah. you don't focus on how can I make this experience better for my clients. So that's fantastic to see how you're kind of merging your two passions of philanthropy and cosmetics yeah. and yeah. kind of really distributing that to everybody that you're teaching. That's Absolutely. really that's a win-win. With base, base of the pandemic, did you guys move any of your service where it's like an online class that mm-hmm. you can? I was gonna say yeah. So you, so you're doing Teams and you know Zoom, you know meetings yeah. and things like that. So yeah, how, how did that play out and how does that work? We literally found out on what was it the 17th of, of March, March, yeah, 2020, March. yeah. And we were online on the 19th. <laughs> oh, so you figured it out. You literally yeah, did Yeah, we pivot. pivoted yeah. so quick, um, so quick. And it was amazing. Um, we During that first three months of the pandemic, we literally graduated 50 students through that online process. So That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. so it, we, we didn't skip a beat. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Our school actually skyrocketed since the 
pandemic, to be honest with you. And have they always kind of had that online arm of the uh, accreditation process, or is that something that the, the no, national we had to did? go to the board and fight for it? Yeah, that's interesting. Because <laughs> it's not approved for the state of Nevada. So even now, we're trying to make it permanent. They did allow us to do it um, during the pandemic. Sure. But now we're trying to see if they can offer that permanently. It is a huge sacrifice for, for students who want to become a cosmetologist to commit 40 hours a week, especially if they're, you know, Raising a family, mm-hmm. have you know, they're yeah. adult learners, a lot of our students. Sure. Yeah. So just having to make that sacrifice to be at school eight hours a day is pretty tough. So yeah. I think it worked out for us. We have not decreased our numbers. We've always had high graduation rate, high licensure yeah. rate. None of that has decreased at all. If anything, it's, it's increased. Yeah. And so we feel like it's a benefit to give them that flexibility to do online. But well, that's an applaud to you guys. Yeah. Man, you know, I mean, that's, that says a lot. And, you know, yeah. to be able to do that. So that, that's great, man. You got definitely got to check check out what you guys are doing. And then you recently became a certified, is it tracheologist? Trichologist. Trichologist. I'm sorry. I, I said that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Trachea. I'm sort of thinking trach. Right. <laughs> but what exactly uh, was that launch of basically the hair loss care and the whole system is what you guys have, have developed or, yeah. or is it actually out yet no it's um it's going through develop like the final stages of development now okay so a trichologist basically is a hair loss specialist okay and i'm passionate about that because i suffer from my own hair loss okay. not knowing that i was allergic to hair color so I ended up um, developing traction alopecia. So just going through my own journey of restoring my hair, um, it just became another passion for me to be able to create a, create a product for um, wow. other consumers who are suffering the same thing. So you see, I'm going into a saturated market. So there are a lot of products out there that say they can grow your hair back, right? Mm-hmm. There's um, only one ingredient proven to do that, which is minoxidil. Okay. And if that's not used properly, it can actually cause issues. Because it's a it's a chemical. I was that was exactly what I asked. Yeah. Like, how does that work? You know what I mean? Because yeah, you're dealing with you know chemicals and stuff mm-hmm. in your body, and it might you know whatever it is, you might get a some type of reaction or mm-hmm. uh, allergic reaction or something. Yeah, and if you're you on know. different medications, it could sure. counteract that. So our product is an all natural product. Okay. Um, we do have a product that if you wanted to use minoxidil ingredients, as long as you meet the criteria, you could. But it's kind of uh, specially formulated for that. Okay. But this product is a natural product that um, I, I developed, and hopefully in March we'll be launching that product line. Oh, nice. okay. And I'll be opening up a trichology clinic as well. You ain't messing around, yeah. man. <laughs> Boss moves, man, to be able to do all these different things. That's, that's amazing. You know, with us being a business podcast, what do you feel like is like your biggest failure? that you've dealt with you know over, over the years just in business and and also on top of that like what have you learned from it too well that's why uh, i don't call them failures yeah. i call okay. them lessons because yeah. i'm still going sure mm-hmm. i think yeah. the only time you fail is if you just give up completely and at one point i did almost give up completely and i wrote about it in my book but in 2018 just um dealing with all of the obstacles of being a business owner is much bigger than me so having my five children, number one, who are dependent on me to make sure I can create a livelihood for them. Yeah. I also have employees who are depending on me to give them a livelihood. Yeah. And so that weighed heavily on me in 2018. So I actually attempted suicide. Oh, wow. Um, wow. But that would I, I would say would be my biggest lesson um, going through that experience and, and overcoming it. Because as I was sitting in the psych ward for three days, um, I just had this revelation that I was really like killing myself, chasing success. And so at that moment, I learned that um, I was just going to focus on what remained Mm -hmm. and not what I didn't have. And once I started to just change my mindset that, you know, it didn't matter if this went away tomorrow. If one door closes, you know, another door is going to open. 
because of the yeah. mindset that I have as an entrepreneur anyway, it's in me, you know? Yeah. So just um, changing the mindset, really, in 2019, I dedicated that year to just get my help, myself together mentally. So I was focused on my mental health that entire year. And in 2020, I went in with straight intentions that I was pulling myself out of that rut, that financial rut. And 2020 was just like the breakthrough for me to just, you know, break the ceiling for those financial goals that I wanted to see. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you sharing. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. I mean, and mental health is just, I mean, it's killing everywhere especially vegas too yeah um so it's great is that actually in your book that you actually share that oh yeah oh wow yeah it's so funny because when i was in centennial hill psych ward i was in there with orlando brown oh wow and people think that it was drugs that no it was success because he actually came and sat in my room he was just like i don't know we had this connection for some reason he came into my room he made a blanket for me he just doodles and on the blanket all he has on there is his reflections of when he was a childhood star raven simone marlon wayans debbie allen that's all he doodles Mm. about all day long that's all he talks about so he literally lost his mind chasing after success because he had it and lost it and that was pretty much the same thing that i was going through like my first business was a million dollar success overnight Mm -hmm. Um, I built this little empire 2017. I, I was seven figures. 2018, I was practically homeless. Oh, that's crazy. I don't yeah. even like know how to even respond to that. That's because yeah. yeah. you hear, I mean, you have a lot of the, you know, the visionaries of the world, like, you know, your, your Gary Vaynerchuk's of the world. And they're always talking about like people that are happy at, you know, making $50,000 a year or $60,000 a year. But it's like, you have to have your own happiness. Yeah. Right. And you know, Chris and I have been friends for about 10 years. And when you're when you're building these platforms, right, you learn so much from people like yourself mm-hmm. of, you know, like why they built their business. You know, w- you know, what was that vision? Was it just a, a money maker and things? And it's so funny because we found so much about business owners is that a lot of them are passion projects that turn into mm-hmm. money. You know what I mean? And like you were saying, with being a cosmetologist, those you could make money being able to do it. You turn it into a school. Yeah. I, my motto is I chase yeah. purpose, not paper. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. When you chase purpose, the paper's gonna come. And there's one oh, thing that we've seen consistently yeah. too is the people that are entrepreneurs, they start the business, get successful, and even if they do have some sort of relapse in that success, when you have that entrepreneurial mentality, it's very as long as you're consistent and you grind the same way, it's really easy to kind of rebound and, and reestablish that success yeah. that you created yeah. initially. If you really research a lot of your billionaires, most of them have it. <laughs> yeah. Most of them have experienced that they had it, they lost it, but they got it back 10 times. It's very rare that we have somebody on that is just consistently knocking it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, everybody's been all this has had their struggle, man. Not to stay here, but what like what was the turning point? Like how did you how did you get it together? Yeah. I can honestly say it was therapy. Once okay. I, you know, I carried a lot of baggage too. Okay. Um, which I talk about in my book. It um, It's called The Hardest Goodbye. It's one of the first chapters in my book. Okay. But I held on to a lot of that childhood hurt, that hurt and, and wounded little girl. Okay. And going through therapy, just learning the root cause of my pain and healing myself from that and just becoming really intentional about learning to like myself and then learning to love myself. And now I've been on this mission of falling in love with myself. Um, when I realized what was for me was going to be, um, I just started to literally just set the intentions. Like I can remember going into 2020 before the pandemic. I was one of those entrepreneurs who was carrying previous month's debt into the next month. And so January, I was like, gosh, you know, mm. 
I got to figure this out. So February, I set the goal that I was going to make $60,000 so that I could cover all of February and not have to take it into March. Well, by the middle of February, I had surpassed that goal. And literally setting that that goal up every month helped me to get through that year. Mm -hmm. And so 2021 came. I set that intention at the beginning of the year. And 2021, we surpassed every goal that we set for the year. That's awesome. Just setting the intentions and believing that we, you have to first believe that you are supposed to be wealthy in order for you to achieve wealth. Coming from the background that I come from, they don't set you up for success. So you don't believe that you're supposed to be successful. But once you believe that and and you hone in on the talents that God gave you, it becomes that much easier. Where are you actually from? Are you from Vegas or? No, I'm from Mississippi. Oh, you're from Mississippi. Okay, it's got the southern <laughs> yeah. roots. Okay, I grew Excellent. up here. I've been here since I was like five. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's powerful, man. The reason why I was hitting on it is because, you know, I've got children also, and it's like you're talking with them, and you're always trying to go through, you know, what are they dealing with? And, you know, I, I'm so big on, like, visualizing it, speaking it, whether you got to listen to motivational videos. So yeah. That's why I was curious, like, what were you doing to, to get this right? You know, yeah. that's everything. And yeah. so, also, yeah. you know, one thing that's yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs have that void they need to fill, right? Yeah. And most of it comes yeah. from that childhood, you know, yeah. whatever issues that you maybe have dealt with. And it's because to be an entrepreneur, you're essentially going against the the grain. Yeah. Instead of going to get a job, you're, I want to do my own thing. It's, yeah. it's almost yeah. very, I don't want to say selfish, but very self-reliant on yeah. kind of taking that next step. And a lot of that could come from the issues you maybe have experienced when in a different time. But did you were you nervous about that fact that maybe your drive and your ambitions and your kind of need for success and dealing with those would affect that? I don't think I've never been scared. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, mm-hmm. literally. Like I could go to the school. I would sell everything when I was little. Like I took all the kids lunch money. I've never yeah. really just been afraid of it. Okay. Um like I said, a lot of it weighed heavily on me at one point, but I could think of a big idea and just move on mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah. now I'm becoming a little bit more discerning on the big ideas that come up yeah. in my head. Like, is that a good one? <laughs> yeah, because it, co- yeah, it costs, yeah, it costs a lot of it capital. It costs a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. But that's one thing I've never, I can honestly say that I've never been afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm more afraid to start a diet than I am to start a business. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are, man. Yeah, I would have been kicking off behind, man. So it's, it's a trip, man. Yeah. What is like a, a business tip or a nugget you could give our listeners? Listeners, that somebody that, you know, maybe they're thinking about getting into cosmetology right now, or maybe they're looking to do another business. What, what would you share with them, or what would you say to them? Um, the biggest thing for me was cash flow management. Mm. That's that's so important. Like I hated looking at my numbers because nine times out of ten it was like negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, really, just paying attention to your numbers every month because you'll you you'll be surprised how much wasteful spending we do in yeah. business. Like. Little things like in our school, we go through a lot of toilet paper. So we're constantly running to. People some, probably stealing it too. Yeah, we've had that too. I'm just saying. Paper, yeah. Times yeah. get hard. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just doing something as, as um, simple as buying big pallets that would yeah. save us from making those small purchases that add up to be mm. way more expensive than just buying it in bulk from Uline or something like that. Yeah. Um, just anywhere we could we could cut costs is what we did. So when I really started to focus on the numbers, I started to see more of my profits. Yeah. yeah. I remember we had Tiffany on and had Tiabi Coffee. Mm-hmm. I remember one of, one of the first things she had said was bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly what you said is the bookkeeping and accounting or if, even if you got to take like a finance class or something yeah. basic to be able to learn that you're 100% right because being in that red can murder the whole the whole yeah. business. So And I have a yeah. good CPA, but yeah. they don't 
volunteer information. No. You have no, to know what to ask. Yeah, very so much so. So when I was diligent about managing, I went to him and I said, how can I start to see more of my money? Like, if I made $130,000 this month and my my break even is 70000 what are the yeah. 60000 <laughs> And it's hard because all the forces kind of push you into that because our economy yeah. is essentially ran on debt. So yeah. everybody, yeah. nobody helps you get out of it because they want to keep you in it. Yeah. And that's like the worst part of the whole dynamic. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Yeah. Just kind of changing a little bit. We always ask all of our, our guests about restaurants in Vegas. Uh, what is your favorite restaurant? Oh, in I was Vegas? just there last night. Okay. Uh, it's T-Bone's Chop House. Oh, that's good. Where's that's that? very good. That's Red, Red Rock. Rock. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. That's very good. You know, I've been to Red Rock a thousand yeah. times and never been to T-Bone's. I was you gotta that go. Out. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, so all the years we've been living here we literally just went during the pandemic all the time we've been on there because you think the strip and things like yeah. that t-bones is, is very good it's Red Rock. very yeah. good yeah very good service and, mm -hmm. and ambiance so I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that so good, good recommendation <laughs> for sure what else are you focused on you know we just start in 2022 off mm -hmm. um what do you focus on just for this year um, Business-wise, like I said, it's the product line lunch and the trichology clinic. Mm -hmm. I am doing a business conference in September of this year. Excellent. Uh, Philanthropy-wise, I still have a scholarship um, that I do every year in honor of my late grandmother. Mm -hmm. So we do a black and bling brunch to mm -hmm. raise money for that. And we did really good last year. Yeah. Um, and then I have a grant that I give to other small business owners, female entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, it's a $10,000 grant, and we give four $2,500 grants every uh, every quarter. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Got your hands involved, yeah. man. So we, we support you, man. So we got to pay attention when that comes out. You said it's in September? Mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Also, we just wanted to ask you, just kind of ending it off, business owners, I mean, they deal with so much, right? There's reasons why they get into business for themselves. There's reasons why they have hobbies and things. As being a business owner, what does like freedom represent to you? Really just kind of owning my time. Yeah. That's freedom for me. Yeah. Especially you know? dealing with what, you, what you've dealt mm -hmm. with. Yeah. yeah. Time is everything. Yeah. 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 Um, I suffered two major losses last year and um, I had to take a lot of time to get through that. Mm -hmm. And so if I had had a job, I don't know how secure that job would have been for me to take that time and really process that loss. Yeah. Um, they were literally like back to back. So um, just being able to have that time that I needed to get through it and also have the finances that when we got hit back to back, that I was actually able to help my family financially also get through yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you are so transparent. Yeah. You can help you help a lot of people. I mean, Definitely. for our listeners, listen, I've learned so much. I was like solid as soon as you <laughs> said that. I mean, it's it's no joke. So, yeah. um, we appreciate you hanging out with us and Absolutely. just being so honest and share, you know sharing the gems. Um, where can people find you at? Where what's some of your social handles and obviously the school and, yeah. and all of that? Yeah. Um, Facebook. I'm Denise Dixon. On Instagram, I'm Miss Denise underscore D. Yeah. Um, our cosmetology. Website is CILVEDU.com mm -hmm. or our Instagram is CIL Vegas. Okay. Yeah. And make sure so she she's saving me money on the on the Starbucks too. So check out <laughs> check out her her social media. So she got some good recommendations on there and the recipes. So uh again, man, seriously, Denise, it's a pleasure to be able to Definitely. sit down with Thank you and you. Um, you'll this be able to see us at the Vegas. Huh? Yeah, it goes quick, man. So, but no, you you definitely left with with a lot of gems and um appreciate what you're doing and uh we support you. So Thank uh, definitely you. check us out at the Vegas So thank, thank you. you. Yep, good stuff.